can a couple stay connected? How can a couple keep their marriage centered on Christ? And how can a couple receive encouragement during times of joy and times of stress? By staying connected to God's Word. Five-minute Bible studies for couples is for every married couple, especially those whose calendars are overloaded with events and obligations, but who are determined to set aside time for nurturing their marriage with God's Word. This Bible study is written by Rev. Randy Hunter, who has taught thousands of couples through the Wells Marriage Enrichment Weekends. The Bible study is designed to teach couples how to bring joy to each other and glory to God in their marriages. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Rev. Hunter. Thanks for being my guest today. Thank you, Kay. It's very nice to meet you and talk with your listeners. All right. Thank you. So why did you write this Bible study? Well, that's a big question, and it comes from uh, many years. I won't bother you with the long answer, but uh, I have a passion for teaching the Word of God and helping couples apply law and gospel to their marriage. Uh, it apply, the, the Word of God applies to every aspect of our lives but probably in no area of our lives do we more easily let the gospel shine than how we're married. Mm. And so I had a, I spent many years, I've, I've been married for 39 years. My wife, Karen, has taught me pretty much everything I know about marriage, <laughs> except what I learned from the Bible, and she's taught me much of the Bible, too. Uh, 38 years as a parish pastor in one church, uh, a church near Madison, Wisconsin, that has encouraged marriage ministry that has had as one of its uh, stated visions to be a marriage-building church, uh, and just supported me as uh, as I pursued teaching marriage uh, to, to others here and around the country. Uh, I spent 30 years in the leadership roles of our church denomination for discipleship, uh, mainly focused on ed adult education, teaching adults. Uh, 20 years as a parish consultant, where, you know, it helped me see the need in congregations, how stronger marriages benefit so many, so many people and aspects of our lives, but churches too. And the opposite is also true. When a marriage tanks, the, the whole church hurts. Mm. So then about 16 years ago, on, a, on account of all that, I began creating and writing marriage enrichment weekends, uh, events that um, included six sessions that span from Friday night to Sunday morning, and then I would uh, train the trainers. Uh, these were live or are live events where uh, married couples come together, and also those who want to take this event and teach it locally in their district or in their congregation. So, been doing that for about 16 years, and then about 10 years ago, I founded Grace for Marriage because it dawned on me I could not get to everyone I wanted to get to. So this website, uh, web-based uh, video. Uh, website um, helps uh, get to places where I can't go. So that's the, that's where it all came from. And and maybe one other uh, anecdotal reason is uh, my wife and I have been giving marriage devotion books to couples who get married as a wedding gift for for years. And many are very good, but we just felt uh, wanting something fresh to give and something that would be more um, active 
uh, more activity-based than just lecture-oriented or, or, or just um, just a words on a page, but actually give an assignment to a couple mm. to work on together. And, and that's what drove the whole thing. Wonderful. Wonderful. I um, uh, love the concept of five-minute Bible studies for couples. I've already done an interview some years uh, or maybe a couple years ago uh, through the publisher for five-minute devotions in the home for families, and that one was really great, too. So I'm really anxious to learn more about your book. Your Bible study is designed to encourage married or, as you mentioned, engaged couples to grow together in the Lord. The study features three one-page reflections each week for a year, and each reading is organized into 13 marriage-related themes. Tell us why you have it organized in this way, and then talk about a couple of the themes and why you include those themes in this Bible study. What a great question. Um, as a teacher, I am constantly seeking feedback from uh, participants, learners. And so these thousands of people and hundreds of pastors and others around the country that I've taught have provided feedback regarding wh- which topics meant the most, where they found the most value. And so that's how I got the 13 topics. These were the top 13 that uh, my research showed me was most on the minds of the of married people. Oh, for example, and I won't talk about all of them, but one of them, of course, is trust. You know, you want trust in your marriage. You need to build it. It, It's built very slowly over time. It can be destroyed very quickly, and it can be built back up again. But again, building it is going to take time, and it's not usually the big things. It's not usually putting a Lexus in the driveway with a big red bow on it. Uh, usually it's going to be wiping down the shower door and carrying in the groceries and whatever small things we do. Um, So trust is always an important one. Finances, unless you're independently wealthy, uh, finances are an issue in every marriage. I think even if you are independently wealthy, it's an issue in marriage. If it weren't, then the supremely wealthy would never have marriage problems. Mm And we know that doesn't work. Uh, That's not true. So finances, I think it's important for couples to get on the same page. One of the things I enjoy doing at uh, live teaching events is asking couples to privately write on a piece of paper how much money you can spend without talking to your spouse first. (laughs) Don't show your spouse. And, And then all at once on my cue, everyone show your spouse and the gasp. And the screen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so those are great conversations. Uh-huh. Uh, communication, of course. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's it's more than communication. When a couple comes to me and says, "We we think our problem is communication," well, it might be. On the other hand, that's pretty simple. Um, it could be something else, and, and communication is a symptom. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there are simple communication tactics and strategies. Oh, you know, usually in one, in any marriage, one spouse is the gifted expander, and the stories get bigger and bigger, and the other spouse is the committed contractor and keeps on making it briefer and briefer. And you maybe maybe each can learn to imitate the other a little bit, meet in the middle somewhere, and. Um, 
serving each other is another area. And boy, that's uh, you know that that's the gospel. That's our Savior, who did not come to be served, but to serve us. And uh, from that gospel, we we are saved. And and you know, oh yeah. And by the way, we also learn how to live. So the gospel isn't isn't primarily a how-to manual for anything. It just simply is God's plan and, and fulfillment to save sinners. And yes, then, we do learn something about how he will bless our lives here. Uh, so serving one another and, and helping couples explore what kinds of service brings joy to each other. Yeah, those are some of the topics. Good. That's wonderful. There are 13 of them. We won't have time to deal with all of them today. Well, I thought one of the things that I would do is read one of your uh, five-minute Bible studies. They're each one page, uh, and, of course, they encourage discussion, um, and, uh, and then just ask you to make some comments about this. And I picked a winter um, topic. You have them divided into the different seasons of the year, and its theme is communicate with each other. So let me just begin reading. It takes your brain longer to process a negative than a positive. If you tell an employee you didn't handle this well, it will take longer to engage in a meaningful way. It may be accurate, but you didn't set the stage for good communications. And then it has Psalm 4, verse 1. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Our Lord invites two-way communication. We talk to him in prayer. He talks to us in his word of mercy. We'll never get our part right. We tend to neglect prayer or see it as a way to manipulate God. But Jesus' prayer life was part of his obedience for us. God gives us credit for it. His word of mercy shapes our conversation with him. Let his mercy shape your conversations with each other, too. Set the stage for good communications. Here are four tips. Number one, set a positive atmosphere. Don't jump on your spouse. You didn't handle that very well. Begin softly. Can we talk about how that went? Number two, be assertive. Ask for what you want, clearly and respectfully. It's not selfish. It's not the same as demanding. It is letting your spouse know how to serve you. Number three, listen actively. Don't interrupt or check your phone. Listen curiously like a friend. Ask questions. Show your spouse you know this is important to him or her. And number four, respond with understanding. You may disagree, but you can tell your spouse, I value you and how you think and feel. Choose one of the above tips to work on. Tell your spouse which one you're going to focus your attention on. And then pray that you grow to treasure communication with your spouse as you treasure communication with the Lord. Now, that's the end of that devotion. But as you can see, there's a lot in there that could be discussed between a husband and wife. So just make some comments about that, if you will, Pastor Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you began with Psalm 4, verse 1. Um, have mercy on me and hear my prayer. And uh, that sets the stage, doesn't it, for our communication with God, that he's a merciful God who invites us to come to him. 
And it's only on account of that invitation and the mercy he extends to us that we're confident to do so. And these Bible passages, you know, a couple that takes this study or devotion, uh, you know, you, you could go so many different ways with it. You, you know, A couple may say, well, what other verses remind us of that same thing? Well, you, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ extends his mercy to us. Uh, even while we were still, I mean, it's a, it's a, and you Greek uh, nerds, it's a present active participle. Well, while we were still sinning, he still extends his mercy to us. And that's his communication to me. And it leads me to confidently communicate with him. And that back and forth now can shape our relationship and our communication. Uh, those tips, uh, you know, there are four of them. And I know the instruction was choose one. I hope a couple catches on and says, why don't we do one? today, and uh, then we'll do one tomorrow, and then we'll do one the next day. Uh, I, I really hope couples just slow down and take their time and really take full advantage of, of these different instructions, setting a positive atmosphere. And most people have noticed that conversations end pretty much on the tone in which they began. Mm -hmm. So if there's a way to kind of soften it before we jump into something here, be assertive, uh, which some struggle with, some have no problem with. It's not the same as aggressive. It's not being a, a pill, always the one talking, uh, but just being able to clearly tell my spouse, here's what I want and here's how I'd feel about that. Um, it helps spouses know how to serve each other. It, it's not a bad thing. Um, listen actively. You, you, most everybody knows, boy, these days, one of the biggest impediments to listening is the phone. Um, that little computer we're holding in our hands or setting on the table in front of us. Uh, in, in fact, some couples I know have uh, begun to say, no, no phones uh, at the kitchen table. No phones when we sit down for dinner. I know of one uh, organization that says no phones at meetings. Mm -hmm. Leave them in your uh, leave them in your office when you come to a meeting. It's just even if you're not checking it, it can be an impediment to active listening. And then respond with understanding. That's not the same as agreeing, right? I think that's sometimes why uh, you know, she wants to vacation in the mountains and he wants to vacation at the beach. And now it, it's going to sound like I agree with you when I don't. And but you're not. You're just trying to understand who, what is it about your, what your spouse wants that means so much to him or her. Taught um, couples the five question strategy. Uh, you're not allowed to change the subject until you ask five questions about the current one that your spouse brought up. And uh, it's amazing how you might not even get to the real issue until the fourth or the fifth question. So that ability to, the, well, not ability, first the desire to, to understand and, and then respond that way is, a, is just a gift. So, you know, there's so much to each of these. I hope couples slow down and enjoy them and repeat them. Um, I think it's a kind of devotion that if we did it this year, we would probably find uh, different uh, responses, different conversation than if we do it five years from now. Absolutely. 
Well, I want to go ahead and make some announcements uh, halfway through the program, and then I'll come back and uh, continue to talk with Reverend Randy Hunter about his new Bible study, Five-Minute Bible Studies for Couples. Family Shield Ministries is composed of Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations and on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate the countercult ministry and educational and evangelism services. We especially want to thank our Spiritual Warriors. Family Shield Ministries' Spiritual Warriors Monthly Giving Club includes donors who give a gift each month. They're recognized annually in the Family Shield newsletter and on our radio and podcast program. You can become part of this giving club by sending a donation each month. Sign up to give a specific amount through your bank or by giving on the website at www.familyshieldministries.org. The following are some friends who are Spiritual Wire donors. Janice McCreary, Patricia B., Connie Eller, Reverend Ron Nelson, Deborah Grieve, Katrina Catlick, and Larry Abbey. Thank you. We encourage listeners to support us with a gift and become a partner with us in accomplishing our vision and mission. You can write a check and mail it to us or give online again at our website, www.familyshieldministries.org. Now I want to go back to my guest, Reverend Randy Hunter. Again, he is the author of Five-Minute Bible Studies for Couples. And uh, prior to the announcements, I had read one of his studies, and then he had made some comments about it. I was going to ask you, one of the things I noticed when I was reading through it is that you touch on the five love languages. I didn't find anything about that, but we like to promote the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, because it really helps marriages when you know your spouse's love language. So, Isn't that true? You do, don't you? Isn't that weaved into the Bible studies? What a, what a helpful little book he gave the, the kingdom. Uh, it, one could say it's, it's just common sense, but boy, it, mm. it, it helps to it have helps. it pointed out like he does so yes. clearly. Yeah. Yes. In fact, I, have, uh, I, owe, I should send him a check. <laughs> uh, because uh, when I grew up, I watched my father giving gifts to my mother and presumed that's just what you did. So when I got married, I began showering gifts on my wife, and she was grateful and, uh, you know, happy to receive them. But she never really lit up like that was, you know, like she just won Miss America or something like that. So, And then we did that book, and I found out her primary love language is... Uh, uh, actions, serving her with actions and not gifts. So that explained a lot. And and so when I'd be traveling and uh, uh, missing her and I'd be tempted to go to the store and buy some extravagant gift for her, I would just remember, no, that's not her love language. I, I really need to go home and serve her. And so I have saved a ton of money. <laughs> over, but yeah. no, she does like gifts too. Oh, yeah. That's but no, my... yeah, those kinds of truths are... Uh, are probably timeless. You know, I mentioned earlier the the 13 topics. There are so many others, and you kind of just touched on one now, and that's personality and personality differences mm. and understanding those and how we can use those differences to to even shape how we fill the roles and responsibilities in our in our households. 
Uh, so there's so much more. Yeah. Uh, one could imagine there might even be a volume two of this book. I, suppose. I think so. I think so. I mean, really, <laughs> there isn't much like this for couples. It, it's very appealing when you hear five-minute Bible studies. Now, when you get into a discussion, it's going to go well beyond that. But right. what an important thing to help strengthen marriage is to be in the Word. I mean, I so agree with everything that you shared. So yeah. um, now, well, how about on page one ten? Okay, uh, here's one. And and if I heard you correctly, you'd like me to read it. Well, or I could read it. I haven't read it before, but um, I can probably do that. Very good. Okay. The only person whose attitudes and actions I have complete control over is me. So why do you suppose when we're not pleased with the way our marriage is going, we try to change the other person? And then it says Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible. First, we need to admit not all things are possible. As far as it depends on you. Second, you can't make your mate into someone he or she isn't. It's your job to love your spouse. It's God's job to make him or her better. You can pray for that, but you are only responsible for the part that depends on you. Live at peace. Third, trying to force someone to change is the opposite of promoting peace. If nagging hasn't worked until now, it probably won't in the future. The goal is to build a life together, not to tear it down. The following exercise can be a game changer. Don't rush it, but don't feel you need hours to do it. It's important to make sure the setting is right. You are both relaxed, not too tired, and able to be honest. Be ready to listen and maybe even take notes. Ask questions to make sure you understand each other. And close with thank you. Ask your husband. What things have I said or done that have made you feel respected? Ask your wife. What things have I said or done that have made you feel loved? And then pray that you build a life together, characterized by love and respect. That's just a powerful activity. Mm -hmm. Men and women are different, mm -hmm. and uh, our, our culture is kind of all wound up in that conversation right now. But biblical Christians just go to Ephesians 5.31 and and uh, get the Lord's own testimony that we're different. Uh, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And uh, that's just one aspect of our differences. Um, sometimes it is these differences between a husband and wife that attracted us in the first place, right? I mean, there's someone who's not like me, and, and that I really find that attractive. And then over time, something happens, and and opposites that attracted then begin to repel. And that's when real growth can begin to happen. And we can we can accept this person as the one God gave me, not to change, but to love or respect. And if we if we just do that um, and can be honest with each other, if a husband is honestly willing to tell his wife, it's what really makes me feel respected, and a wife is willing to just quietly ask more questions about that. How did that happen? What was it like? Why did you like that? And, and the opposite, too. When, um, when she says, here's what you did or said that made me feel cherished and loved, and a husband asks questions, 
and doesn't argue, just uh, makes notes even, writes something down. It can just be a powerful thing in a relationship. Absolutely. Um, Pastor Hunter, I forgot to ask you where our listeners can get your book, Five-Minute Bible Studies for Couples. Tell us. NPH.net. NPH, Northwestern Publishing House, .net, N-E-T. And I thank the editors there for the idea of the uh, five-minute studies. I I think you're right. It's appealing because we have time for this, Mm -hmm. and it's appealing because we can make it 15 minutes or a half hour easily if, if when we have time and as we come around to doing each one. Wonderful. And our listeners, if you forget that, uh, his book will be put on our recommended books, which we add to our website every time we interview an author. And uh, you'll be able to just get the information from uh, the page that will be on there, if you want to look up our recommended books, there's many of them because we've been doing our program for a long time. So just some closing thoughts for our listeners as we conclude the program. Well, you, you, uh, the, the purpose of your ministry and mine is to help people stay connected to Christ, stay centered in Christ. And we know that happens through his means of grace. He's told us, here's where I'm going to keep you connected to me. In the gospel message, whether that comes to us in the word or the sacraments. And now we take that good news that he's given us and begin to ask, so how does that shape my marriage? How does that change the way I will act toward my spouse? And that's the big word, act. Not how I'll feel and not how I'll think. Um, eventually, I mean, those are important things, but ultimately, how am I going to act? And uh, my prayer is that these devotions help couples think that through and determine actions that will help them give glory to God, demonstrate their faith, and bring joy to each other, which is a powerful witness, too. We learn too late uh, that we put a lot of time into something. Some things are worth the effort and some things aren't. I won't give examples because I'll offend someone. (laughs) We put a lot of time into learning something, doing something, and find out later on, you know, that wasn't worth the effort. It just didn't mean that much to my life. Never has anybody ever said that about marriage. Mm. Marriage is worth it. And you ask anyone who's uh, had a failed marriage, they probably have become now a marriage master because they're disciples for making marriage work. You ask anyone who's enjoying the blessings of a legacy of children and grandchildren who who see what a Christian marriage can be and do, and they'll tell you what, what a joy it is. And it's worth the effort. Five minutes isn't meant to be a, an insult. It's just meant to face the reality of our lives. It's worth every effort. That's a great way to conclude. It's worth every effort. Thank you for my guest again, Reverend Randy Hunter. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners. We always love to hear from you. Please let us know that you enjoyed the program. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.